You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica. Episode 67. So we are back for part two of our Q&A sessions. These are questions that people sent to us about health and wellness. And last time we focused on exercise and how to know when you're healthy enough. And if you haven't listened to that one yet, make sure you go back and listen to it. But we're just going to get right into it. How does that sound? Sounds great. All right. So I'm struggling with feeling like all groceries are gross right now. The COVID kink that created carton upon carton of wilted lettuce and produce seemingly forever past its prime has not fully lifted here. Lately, everything fresh at Costco feels almost off when I buy it. I might start hoofing it out to Whole Foods. Where do you all like to grocery shop? Do you find you are going somewhere different for produce, for meat, for pantry items? I'm trying to lean into frozen foods more, but frozen broccoli just doesn't do it for me. What is your flight pattern? What do you buy? Fresh versus frozen. What do you So many questions. So many questions. All right. You're like our grocery store guru. I used to work in a grocery store, but I worked at the bougie grocery store. I actually learned that people call it Gucci B because our grocery store is H-E-B. So Gucci B is Central Market. Yeah, because it's so deluxe. It's so nice. And so, yeah, when I get to shop at a store like that, obviously everything I get is premium and beautiful and perfect. And it's a great shopping experience. But ever since COVID and becoming a mom, I don't usually spend a lot of time browsing at groceries. I usually just order them online. I feel very thankful to live in a place that has many, many food resources. Um, Do you find the produce is good, though? I definitely think? I definitely hear what this person is saying where like I I do feel like there is a decline in some things and I'll be I'll let you in on a little fear of mine. So <laughs> during COVID, I also was helping out a local brand called Farmhouse Delivery and they at that time got a huge influx of customers. And what was happening was that the demand was outweighing the supply and I got kind of this glimpse into seeing like if we were to only live on our local produce, like we wouldn't be sustainable. So because even that company had to start sourcing from other places in order to fulfill orders. And I was just kind of like, that made me think a lot about our food environment and where we get our food and where it comes from. And so I don't know if that is still something that is a challenge or I, I don't personally know exactly what's going on in the food supply system. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly either, but I mean, I can take some guesses, right? So (laughs) we've got some labor issues going Mm -hmm. on dealing with immigration. So if you don't know, most of our farm workers are immigrants that come that travel around to different farms depending on the season. So we have that issue. We, by and large, a lot of our produce comes from California and they have had erratic weather to say the mm-hmm. least for the past couple years and then they're having some water shortages in some areas it got flooded so a lot of what our produce is based on how stable is our environment because they are hybridized to meet that environmental growing region and our weather across the country is all over the place yeah Yeah. And it definitely depends on where you live and how many resources you have. So I live in a medium-sized city where we have a lot of great resources, but I know not everybody is so lucky. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with fresh versus frozen. I mean, if you like frozen, I don't 
I don't typically eat a lot of frozen fruits or vegetables, maybe fruit in a smoothie, but I don't do a lot of frozen veggies either because I just don't find that I like. Yeah, the taste is not great, but I have a lot of clients that like. Yeah, but they're fine. Hundred percent on uh, yeah. frozen broccoli. Yeah, and there's they like nothing. It. Yeah, there's like, nothing for wrong you. with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It is uh-uh. nutritionally the same thing, so it's it's fine. It, it just can be kind of a bummer when you order groceries or you go get groceries and nothing is really like seemingly great or fresh so yeah my tips though would be to focus on what is in season that's usually going to look better buying strawberries in november or december even though they are still featured because everybody loves berries and they're still always at the front of the store those are usually like the hydroponic ones not the real fresh ones or like tomatoes in december probably not going to find the best tomatoes or they're having them shipped from the other side of the world which also has its own issues (laughs) with yeah sustainability Yeah, apples after the fall are going to start to be mealy. They store them in a huge warehouse at a certain temperature year-round to meet that supply. I feel like, yeah, buying things seasonally is going to be helpful as far as what is the freshest or the best Mm -hmm. at the time. And then if you are lucky enough to live in a place that has like a farmer's market, and if you have the time (laughs) to go to the farmer's market... I don't think you can do all of your grocery shopping at the farmer's market, but you could always order from Walmart or wherever you are the basics and then go get your produce from the farmer's market because that's usually when it's going to be like the freshest and the best. Yeah. I will say that some of what I notice as well is that, so for example, I can go to the local co-op and there are things that I buy there and there are things I absolutely refuse to buy from there because like their supplier of avocados, I don't know what the deal was. But we'd literally buy an avocado and it's like, what, sometimes like a, a dollar, two dollar. It's really expensive for sometimes. <laughs> and so we'd get these avocados and they would be rotten on the inside. But there was no oh. indication that they were rotten on the outside. Rotten on the outside. It's not like they were super smushy. Like they would be the right texture or right firmness, mm-hmm. right? And you would open up and it was completely black. And you're like, what the heck? And that kept happening over and over again. So we're like, we said something. We're like, what's happening? Is avocados, but like there are certain things, and then there's a sprout. I love sprouts, but there's one of the sprouts that the way they their refrigeration is on their greens, like the greens don't last. Yeah. They turn that. I also they get would that not buy meat from sprouts. I don't know no, why, but I just either. look in the case and it looks sketch. So. Yeah, yeah. So like I'll buy meat and produce and things from different places depending on yeah. what I think it looks like, and so. I don't shop at just one place. I base my grocery list and where I'm going to go based on how much of something do I need. Mm-hmm. And that is comes from a very privileged place because uh-huh. I have so many grocery stores near yes. me. Yes. However, I've lit before Austin, I lived in a very small town and our choices were Kroger, Food Lion, and 20 minutes away was a Walmart. Like that was it. It was pretty much just like, Kroger that would you know just like make do with what you have and you buy the best that you can and so in some of those cases yes frozen was the better option over some of the fresh things yeah and I will say that Walmart is trying very hard I think that they are still trying very hard but whenever I pop into one I go through the food section it's not to see how they're doing and they are really working to have a nice mix of organic and non-organic and things tend to look good they are a huge supplier so they get to have a lot of say in their product that some companies don't get to have and producer access to producers not all store chains maybe can so i would say 
go look around and you may have to split it up. And yeah, we are going through some challenging times, both in the environment and supply chain, both workers and what have you. So it is happening. Yeah. And I, I do go to Costco, but I don't buy a lot of fresh stuff there just because it still comes in such large quantity that my family cannot eat it all before it goes back. So. Yeah. And sometimes it it does not look good. Like I'll go and be like, oh, yay. Well, I want. And then I'm like, but sometimes it's the good. best. Like they're sometimes their raspberries are like way better than the raspberries that I've gotten at H E B or Whole Foods, and I don't know why. Like why are these raspberries so good? Yeah, who knows? So who knows? You just yeah. gotta shop around, I guess. Okay, so what's more important for weight loss: what you eat or portion size? Ooh, I like this question. I almost feel like it's. Well, let me just answer it first. So. <laughs> I mean, it's both and neither. So what you eat does matter. But in the context of weight loss, so it's like we've talked about this, like calories are calories, but not all calories are created equal. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about portion size, that's like a caloric amount, essentially. Mm -hmm. And there's no denying that 2000 calories is 2000 calories. And there have been people that have done these crazy studies where like, I just ate 2000 calories of, you know, processed The Twinkie diet. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I just ate Twinkies and I still lost weight. And it's like, okay, we, we see your point. But if you ate Twinkies every day for the rest of your life, how would you feel? What would you look like? What would your health be? Yeah, you would be severely malnourished. So I do think like what you eat absolutely matters because different foods feel different in your body because they trigger different hormones and make you feel fuller longer or they do different things, right? So it's both. But as far as portion size goes, I also want people to listen to their actual hunger cues, right? Because even talking in our last podcast about how we work out with our cycle, I noticed that my hunger will ebb and flow with my cycle. Like there's different days of the month or even just based on other things where I'm hungrier or less hungry. Like there's days where I'm like, I'm actually not that hungry for dinner. Like I might just have a smoothie because I'm feeling lazy and I don't want to cook. And then there's other days where I'm like, I am ravenous and I'm making giant four course meal and I'm eating all of it. Mm -hmm. So I pay attention to my hunger and then my fullness signals. And I try not to be over full as much as maybe I used to in the past because I don't like that sensation or the results of that. So portion size to me is also like, I don't know, because when you think about, I think about when I was in my 20s and I worked in hotels and I would bring lean cuisines. <laughs> right. And those were always like, like 250, they're 250 Ugh. calories a yeah. box if you're lucky. Maybe yeah, 300 you, if you really go for it. And I would eat it. that and then I would be like starving afterwards. It's oh, not well, this very was much. Right. But they're like, this is the portion for you. Right. If you're trying to be lean, this is the cuisine. And I'd be like, all right, I'm going to follow these rules, I guess. I'm starving, <laughs> but I hate this. It was listening to this outside thing. So I think what people are coming for sometimes they're like, I just want you to tell me to eat four ounces of protein and how many cups of veggies and how much fat should I include? And it's like, yeah, there are these guidelines and they can be helpful if you're completely clueless and you have no idea where to start. That can be kind of helpful just to give you an idea. but what's more important i think is listening to yourself and knowing like when am i full when am i hungry and can i get a variety of foods that includes some healthy whole foods that feel good in my body but also yeah i do include chips and candy occasionally or whatever yeah i think 
I agree. It is both a hundred percent, but the thing that everybody needs to focus on is we need more whole plant, whole foods. We need a lot, a lot more plants in our diet than what we, we do. It has an enormous amount of benefits top to bottom. And so that can be exponentially helpful. So that's, that's what I have to say about that. And that's where portion gets a little complicated, right? Because you can eat a ton of plant-based foods Mm -hmm. compared to other more calorie dense foods. And so the portion depends on the what, and I'm Mm -hmm. certainly all about like, and I'm not saying you have to be vegan or vegetarian, What I'm saying is that we all need more whole, non-heavily processed foods in our diet. And the number is usually shocking to most people, like how much like whole foods that we, you know, really are designed to eat. So I think if we can all just strive towards that, we're going to feel a little better. And technically, yeah, you your portion size is large, but your nutrient quality is very high. You're getting in for not very many calories if this person wants to know about weight loss you're not getting in that many calories but you're getting in so many nutrients but you feel really full and your gut bacteria which send a lot of signals to our body is getting fueled as well from all that fiber and sending out hunger cues as well yeah we can do a whole podcast on this too (laughs) yes if there's follow-up on that please let us know All right. So this other question says, is there a special way I should be eating as a petite woman? Plus, how much exercise is needed to start seeing results? No, there's no special way. (laughs) It's like, no, (laughs) no, Uh, there's no special way, regardless of how tall or petite you are, that you should eat. It goes back to the previous question and answer, which is you need to find the right amount of food for you and for your needs based on your lifestyle. And that's pretty much it. Exercise actually moves the needle very little in terms of weight loss. Like people think, oh, I have to exercise in order to lose weight. But how much calories you burn in physical fitness is actually very, very small compared to what you can do calorie wise in eating something. So it is important to our overall health. We do need it for our heart health, for muscle mass and mobility and those sorts of things. But the average person is only burning a couple hundred calories per workout. And so, which you can easily offset that with a serving of something like, and it can also make us more hungry after that exercise. And so we would end up eating those calories back and refueling ourselves. And so exercise should not be the only thing that we consider as part of our weight loss plan. It should be a part of, and that it's just part of our health and what makes us feel really good. So. Yeah. I actually, I want to know why someone is asking how much extra, like, why are you asking this question? Like, are you just trying to be like, what is the bare minimum that I need to do in order to see results? And then also what results, right? Like, are you just Oh, right. Like, like, are you just looking at the scale? Are you looking at clothes? Are you looking at more energy, better sleep? Like, there's so many results that can come from movement. And it's like, okay, what's the bare minimum before I feel better? I don't know. So I yeah. feel like it's kind of a loaded question. It's not, it's actually kind of big. Yeah. I, but I, I, I understand what they're getting at. And it's like, there's just so many variables. Like, what exercises? Are we talking about walking? Or are we talking about boot camp? And I think what's more important, like, Instead of asking this question, I think it's more important to say, like, 
how can you find ways to consistently move in your life? Because to me, asking for what, how much, like how much should I be doing is like, well, you just need to be moving and then you'll see how you feel. And then just like the way that we eat, it's like, I don't know, do I need to be moving more or less? Like what feels good or bad? And I will say some people move too much, right? We get people sometimes that are over exercisers Mm -hmm. and then they're under eating because they were told they should eat 1200 calories and then they should go to boot camp five times a week. And then they're like, nothing's happening, right? Mm -hmm. So that can work against you too. If you're burning yourself out and not fueling yourself for the movement that you're doing, that can also work against you. I agree. Yeah, so that question, there's a lot more that needs to be said like there is no magic thing for for each person and so it's one of the things is is you need to be able to be consistent in something that feels good because all of this is a long game and not a short instant result situation right all right next question when does a new routine with eating or exercise feel like it's the default or normal I like this question. Made me think a little bit. I mean, statistically, or according to the books, right, it says it takes, what, 21 days to seal in a new habit. And that's if you're consistent each of those 21 days. I think it just takes as long as it takes. I don't know. You could white knuckle something for 21 days. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't even know if 21 days is really, that's not long enough at all. (laughs) I mean, I think it takes as long as it takes. And I think that, like, we teach kind of compounding your habits, right? So it's like start with a 1% shift, get that under your belt, then get another 1% and like slowly build on your habits so that over a longer period of time, you're not going to just like wake up one day and be like, I've done it. (laughs) I have changed my new normal. It will just be like, what is that saying? Like the frog in boiling water. It's just going to be a slow roll to the point where it's not so obvious but it will feel normal with consistency over a longer period of time and the other part too is we don't teach that you have to be perfect at something i think that whole 21 day thing is like you got to do it every day and like that's why you would white knuckle it and we fully make space for being human which means like it might actually take you 21 days just to do the 1% because right. you got to really wrap your mind around it and set yourself up and finally finally do the 1%. And then that might take you, I mean, it could take it you takes. a day. Yeah, it could take a day. It could take a month before you feel really good about integrating that in. So everybody's different. Mm-hmm. But there's clients that I've worked with for six weeks that it's clicked. And then there's clients I've worked with for a year. And then there's you've worked with some people longer than a year. And yeah, and because we're working on how do we keep going in the face of change of life, like there are things that are well beyond our control that happen around us that impact us. And so then how do we keep going in these ways? And it's like, okay, well, I got this. Now I need to move on to that. And so the new routine with something, whether it's changing the way that you eat or how you exercise, like you said, can be small. But also, if it feels like you've been doing it for a really long time and it feels like it's not clicking, then you need to reassess. Yes. And be like, does this make sense of what I'm trying to do or am I trying to put it in the wrong place? 
So something is off or do I need to be doing it at all? So you need to reassess because if you've been trying to keep at it and it's not clicking and you're not able to be consistent with it and being consistent doesn't mean it has to be every single day. It's like life happens, but, and then can I get back into like, oh, oh, I'm just going to pick up where I left off because that week I was sick and there was all this where I was traveling. So it's just like, oh, okay, I pick up with, with my life and that's where it can feel normal. And if those things can't happen, then you need to reassess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's being honest with yourself. But yeah, I think also like a new routine, like I never just changed my whole life overnight, right? Oh, I'm no. like, this is my new routine. Yeah, their brain like, cannot do, do that. <laughs> so I'm never changing a whole routine at once. It's just like, oh, yeah, there's this one little thing I'd like to focus on one thing right. at a time. Yes. Your brain does cannot do all the change all at once. It's it's a, it's a no. As much as we would like to. But yeah. Because it's, just... it's designed to be really efficient. And so it takes effort to create new neural pathways on what's the new thing and then make some positive stuff that goes with it. So find ways to have a positive impact emotion around it and it will happen a little bit sooner. So it wants to be rewarded for doing the thing. Mm-hmm. it's more likely to stick yeah pavlov the shit out of your brain <laughs> exactly okay i think we have time for this last question it's okay short. Yes. yes okay so this person asked about collagen which i think is fair because it's been trending for a long time now and you can buy it cheaply at costco now so collagen is drinking it really as beneficial as everyone makes it out to be yes and no It can't be, it's not like, it's not a complete protein. It is missing some aspects of protein. You couldn't like just live off collagen is what I'm trying to say. But there is some research coming out that it is beneficial. I've seen it in related to perimenopause and menopause and health benefits there. We can be beneficial. However, not everyone tolerates it well. I personally can only do, I can't have it daily and some brands that do better than others. And so as a protein powder, my body doesn't tolerate my belly, like just blows up like a, a balloon. It's very fascinating. Um, I can do it from time to time, but I can't do the whole scoop. And so I think it just depends. Um, it does have health benefits, but is it the end all be all? No. And there are very, very few products, if any, that are. I don't think it's like make or break you. So if you're like, should I invest? If it seems expensive to you and you feel like it's something you should or have to be doing, you don't, right? It's like, but if you have the resources and you want to try it and see how it feels in your body, try it and see how it goes. There was a time in my life where I thought I believed that it was helping. Like I was like, I do feel this, but then I haven't been taking it for years. And you don't notice it? No, but although I think there is some collagen in the drink, like the clear bite. Depends on the formulation, but yes. Yeah, but I mean, it's minimal. I don't think it's a lot. Yeah, it's but like five grams. I, I mean, I know I do tolerate it. And I mean, I like the texture of it. So, you know, if you actually are putting it in coffee or something, I think it adds kind of like a silky, smooth feel, <laughs> mouth feel. But I don't know if it's doing anything for me. Like, my nails have always been my nails. No matter what I've done, like, they're not getting any better or worse. So, just it's what it is. Collagen. I say give it a try. 
try the brands that have this the smaller sizes or the single servings give it a shot before you go buy the costco size version of it and see does it provide any noticeable benefit to you or not yeah and on this note i just feel like if you're curious about what supplements maybe you do want to be taking or things you could try you guys can definitely reach out to us because i don't know i think that's fun <laughs> but beth would be delighted to help you as well Bye. i just hate to see people spending money like at target or whatever like buying like all these random supplements and i'm like oh my god you could have bought like amazing products for the same price and you, you know you just get more bang for your buck through us yes because what is the purpose of taking them and not everything is good in isolation and so it might need something else to go with it to really make it do what you want it to do in the body so there there are some nuances to supplements and some things just really don't work yeah, or some the, people are taking a lot of things that they don't need to be taking. Right. There might be too many things. Yeah. So I think that there's there's a wide variety. I just was listening this morning to a friend, Marco Pauline, me about these supplements that were recommended to her. And I was like, oh, I wish this was a live conversation. <laughs> so now I have to like go and reply. So I'm like, yes. And there's a lot that I want to say about it. She was being sold some things that I'm like, I don't know, maybe not necessary. So, yeah. That was fun. That was so much fun. I love answering people's questions. So I hope we get to do it again sometime. Well, I sure hope we gave you something new to think about today and helped you take one more step on your path to freeing yourself from diet culture. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at path underscore nutrition. We'd love to see you inside of our interactive online course called Foundations. It's so good, by the way. So go to pathnutrition.com backslash foundations to learn more and sign up today. See you later. Bye everyone.